This is the Mahabharata Podcast, episode 67, Kurukshetra, day 9. Last time, we completed the 8th day of the war. The Karvas had put Bhishma in command because he was both the senior Kuru as well as the most renowned fighter. Despite the repeated warnings he got from advisors and sages, Duryodhana pointed his uncle confident that nobody could defeat Bhishma in a fight. This should have been especially true given that they were fighting an inferior force that was led by five young men who had spent the last 13 years starving in the forest like sadhus. But now the battle had dragged on for eight days and the Karavas seemed to be slowly losing the war. Duryodhana had lost about 30 of his brothers to Bhima's cudgel and Bhishma and Drona seemed unable to make headway against their weaker foes. By the end of the eighth day, it was beginning to look like the impossible might happen. Bhishma might in fact lose this war. Karna, like a Hindu Achilles, has been sulking in his tent ever since the battle started, and he too watched the slow defeat with trepidation. Ever boastful and resentful of Bhishma, Karna suggested that Duryodhana fire his uncle from the command so that Karna could enter the fight and finish it once and for all. Increasingly frustrated with his uncle's performance, and refusing to recognize the significance of Krishna's role in the outcome, Duryodhana suspected his uncle of privately sympathizing with the enemy. On the other hand, he lacked the nerve to actually accuse Bhishma to his face, nor could he bring himself to fire his own uncle. Thus, on the evening of the eighth day, Duryodhana set out to meet with his commander and convince him to resign. By the time he got to Bhishma's tent, however, he found himself unable to do even that. Instead, he whined to his uncle about their failures and asked him when he was going to live up to the oaths he had sworn before the battle started. Specifically, Bhishma had promised to exterminate the entire army of the Samakas and to kill off the Panchali forces. So Duryodhana reminded him of these oaths and timidly suggested that if Bhishma wasn't up to the job, perhaps he'd like to have a rest while Karna takes care of business. A couple of days earlier, Bhishma glimpsed the door to his salvation. Krishna had grown tired of Arjun's dithering and had gone off to kill Bhishma himself. The old Kuru did not even try to defend himself. If Krishna, in his divine grace, had seen fit to kill him at that moment, Bhishma was more than happy to be relieved of his painful dharma. As it worked out, Bhishma was denied this door to salvation. Perhaps at that moment, however, he realized that his fate was certain, and he must only act out his role in this tragedy until fate finally saw fit to relieve him of these burdens. So possibly with the certitude that his dharma was nearly complete, Bhishma did not take the opportunity to resign or take a rest. Instead, he gave up fighting his nephew and gave up resisting his terrible fate, and instead determined to embrace his bloody dharma and get it over with. Thus, on the morning of the ninth day of the battle, Bhishma declared his intention to fulfill what remained of his oaths. The formations of both armies were more conventional than before. This time, they each consisted of a vanguard at the front with a long rectangular battle line in the rear. As soon as everyone was in position, the two sides charged at each other, scaring the carrion crows and jackals that had been feasting on the remains of the prior day's dead and wounded. Arjun's son Abhimanyu hit the enemy especially hard that morning. He soon led his warriors deep into the enemy territory and was wreaking havoc with their formation. Duryodhana turned to his demon ally, the son of Rishyashringa, called Alambusha. Alambusha had many magic tricks up his sleeve, and he soon broke Abhimanyu's assault and began routing his attackers. Soon, Alambusha had them pressed back to their side of the field and was advancing on the pond of his own line. The five sons of Draupadi all rushed to their cousin's aid, and the six of them finally stopped the demon's assault and soon turned him back. Pierced with arrows on all sides, the demon fell back, 
But soon, he was back again, the arrows removed and ready for revenge. The demons showered the five Draupadeas with arrows. The boys were unhurt, but their vehicles were all completely incapacitated. Seeing his cousins thus grounded, Abhimanyu came to the rescue. Fighting man to man, the demon soon found himself outmatched by Arjun's son. Once again, he was pierced with the boy's golden arrows and felt himself losing consciousness with blood loss. To stop this attack, Alambusha launched a spell of darkness over his opponent. A black cloud descended over this part of the field, making it impossible for Abhimanyu to find his opponent. Abhimanyu was not without some tricks of his own, however, and he summoned a piece of the sun to come to earth and dispel the darkness. Alambusha then resorted to some more magic, but the boy countered all of that and contrived to fire non-magical darts into his foe. Soon, the demon had exhausted all of his power and was reduced to a mere shadow of a wraith, and he fled the field. Without this odious demon to distract him, Abhimanyu resumed his destruction of the enemy fighters. Elsewhere, Bhishma made his first attempt against the Samakas. He showered them with thousands of arrows, killing thousands of fighters. King Drupad, Drusted Yumna, and Sikandin all rode to their defense. Soon they too were beaten back, and then Yudhishthira, Bhim, Satyaki, and the Draupadeyas all had to come to their rescue. Even these heroes' combined strength were unable to get between Bhishma and his dharma. They were all soon enough beaten back while Bhishma resumed his slaughter of the Samakas. Meanwhile, Arjun was inflicting similar damage on King Susharman and his Trigarta army. With Bhishma tied up fulfilling his oath, there's no one to stop Arjun from routing that entire army. The slaughter on both sides reached hideous proportions. Arjun and Bhishma were both a pair of death machines, and the battlefield soon rivaled the most obscene modern-day slaughterhouse. The earth became marshy with congealed blood, while piles and mounds of human flesh were scattered all around. The fighters of both sides were horrified at the spectacle. They began to wonder what was wrong with these accursed Kurus, that they needed to shed so much blood just to settle a question of inheritance between two cousins. Soon enough, the slaughter was more than either side could bear, and Duryodhana was compelled to order Bhishma to break off his attack and stop Arjun's assault. Now the battle turned into a duel between Arjun and Bhishma. Arjun's brothers all came up to assist him, while Shalya and some of Duryodhana's brothers rushed to Bhishma's side. While they had stopped the destruction of the Trigartas, they are now back to the old problem of keeping Bhishma away from Arjun. In an effort to relieve Bhishma somewhat, Duryodhana directed 10,000 horsemen to attack Yudhishthira and his brothers. King Shalya led the charge. The cavalry's initial impact was able to break up the brothers, and it was Yudhishthira who led the defense against Shalya's assault. The Pandavas fell back somewhat, but then their line held, and soon the attackers began to falter and then break up. Joyously, the Pandavas slaughtered the majority of these attackers. Shalya countered with the chariot charge, and Bhishma joined in the attack. This time, the damage was immense. Literally hundreds of thousands of soldiers, horses, and elephants were destroyed at their hands, while a whole wing of the Pandava army began to falter. Watching this, Krishna called to Arjuna and said, Arjuna, here's your chance. I recall back in Virata, you told Sanjay that you would kill all of Duryodhana's army and anyone who chose to fight with him, including Bhishma and Drona. Well, here's your chance to make these oaths come true. Remember your dharma and don't worry about anything else. Arjun replied, I shall either go to hell for killing my elders or suffer exile in the forest if I don't. Well, fuck it. Take me to Bhishma and let's do this. When they saw Arjun heading for his confrontation with Bhishma, the Pandavas were heartened once again. They cheered and refused to be beaten back any further. 
As they came into range, Bhishma showered Arjun and Krishna with arrows. The pair ignored the sting of the blows, and then Arjun shot Bhishma's bow into pieces. The old Kuru grabbed a second bow, but it too was instantly struck and shattered by Arjun's bolts. Bhishma praised his nephew's skill, saying, Excellent! Well done, son of Pritha! As he said this, he grabbed a third bow and struck Arjun and Krishna each with his arrows. Much like what happened a few days earlier, Krishna again got annoyed at Arjun's self-imposed impotence. This time, he jumped off the chariot unarmed and ran at Bhishma to finish the old man off with his bare hands. And once again, Arjun remorsefully ran after his friend and tried to restrain him. Sanjay said, Vasudev saw that Arjun was fighting half-heartedly, whereas Bhishma wasn't holding anything back. The mighty Madva could not take it any more. Letting go of the reins, Vasudev the yogi leapt down from the chariot and with just his bare hands as his only weapon, charged against Bhishma. His eyes bloodshot with rage, Krishna, the lord of the universe, practically split the earth with his tread as he hurled himself at his foe. Bystanders began wailing, Bhishma is dead. Dressed in yellow silk, his skin a dark sapphire blue, Krishna rushed at his opponent like a lion attacking an elephant. For a second time, Bhishma prepared for his salvation. He said, Come to me now, Govinda, for to be slain by you is to be saved by you. You have honored me, so strike me as you please. My life is yours. But by then, Arjun had caught up with Krishna and was hanging onto his knees trying to slow his charge. As it happened before, Arjun finally got Krishna's attention after being dragged for ten steps. This time, Arjun explained his reason for stopping his friend. He said, Stop, mighty Keshava. Do not go back on your word. You declared that you would not fight. All of this burden is on me alone. I will slay Bhishma. I swear I will. By then, however, the sun had already set on the ninth day. Arjuna's appointment with destiny would have to wait one more day. But of course, the damage was already done. The Samakas had indeed been exterminated or driven from the field as Bhishma had promised, and the Pandavas were greatly worried how they could keep up the fight with such a greatly diminished army. The Kauravas, on the other hand, were jubilant. If Bhishma could keep killing the enemy at this rate, in just a few more days there would be no one left on the other side except the five Pandavas. That night, in a somber mood, the Pandavas held a strategy meeting. Yudhishthira started the proceeding, but immediately turned to Krishna for advice. Sensing their fears and foreboding, Krishna tried to reassure them. He said, Son of Dharma, do not fret. Your brothers are brave and invincible, and if for some reason they are unwilling to fight, then I shall be happy to stand in for them. I shall kill Bhishma on the field of battle while your enemies look on if Palguna will not do it himself. Whoever is an enemy of yours is an enemy of mine. Your brother Arjuna is my kinsman, friend, and disciple. I would give up my life for Palguna's stake, and I know he would do the same for me. So command me, king, that I may fight. Remember, at Upaplavya, Arjuna swore to kill Bhishma, and his wise vow should be kept. But if he will not do it, then allow me. But you can be sure that if he sets his mind to it, Arjun shall be able to kill the son of the Ganga. Have no doubt of that. He could kill gods and Danavas, so Bhishma would be easy compared to that. Besides, Bhishma Shantanava is old, and his energy is spent. His time is nearly up. Yudhishthira answered, You are quite right. Even all of them together could not beat you. I feel sure that we will not fail as long as you are on our side. But what then of Bhishma? I remember all too well of the oath you swore, and I will not be the one to make a liar out of you. So please remain as our advisor and well-wisher, but leave the fighting to the rest of us. 
You'll recall that Bishma had once offered to advise me, since he cannot fight for me. I believe that through his advice, he shall help us to win. So let's all go to him and ask how we should go about defeating him. But you should know, when we were little children and had lost our father, it was Bhishma who was our mentor and protector. Cursed is the dharma of a kshatriya who must slay his own venerable elders. Krishna liked this idea, and so the five Pandavas and Krishna, dressed in civilian garb and unarmed, crossed over to Bhishma's tent. Bhishma was delighted to see his beloved nephews. He greeted them joyously and embraced each of them. Yudhishthira was physically pained to have to make this request of his dear grandfather, but being an expert in dharma, he did what he knew he must. He said, All-knowing sir, how can we win this war? How can we regain our kingdom and avoid the loss of so many lives? How can we withstand your attacks, and how can we defeat you? Calmly, even lovingly, Bhishma answered his nephew. He said, My wise Kanteya, as long as I am alive, you cannot be victorious. This is the simple truth. But after I am defeated, then your victory will be assured. So, if you desire victory, then strike me down with my blessing. I consider it your duty and a favor to me if you slay me. So do as I say. As courteously as he could pose such a question, Yudhishthira then asked, then please tell us how it is that we can defeat you. So far we've been unable to stop you, and it is common knowledge that no mortal can kill you in battle. Bhishma replied, You are correct. So long as I stand armed and battle ready, I can never be defeated, not even by Indra himself. But if I should lay aside my arms, then one of your great warriors will be able to kill me. So let me make this clear. There are certain people whom I will not fight. Those are fallen warriors, fleeing combatants, those who have surrendered to me, women, effeminate men, and the disabled. In addition, I shall not fight if I see any inauspicious sign. Now, among your fighters is Sikandin, Drupada's son. He is a mighty warrior, but he was once a female. You know her story. So let Arjun place her before me and attack me. I shall not strike, even if I am armed and ready. At that moment, Arjun should take advantage of my hesitation and shoot me full of arrows. Do that, and your victory is certain. Do as I say, and you shall smash all of the sons of Dhritarashtra in battle. There was nothing more to be said, so the Pandavas returned to their own camp in a conflicted frame of mind. Arjuna in particular was heartbroken. Tearfully, he asked Krishna, How can I kill this man who was the only father I ever knew? When I was a child, I remember being covered in mud, and I jumped on his lap and called him father. He did not scold me for soiling his clothes. He just laughed and said, I'm not your father, but you may call me grandfather. How can I kill that great man? Let him slaughter my troops, because whether it means victory or defeat, I cannot kill the one man who protected us when we were children. Krishna said, Oh, Arjun, there you go again. Remember your oaths. It is his destiny to fall in this battle, and so it shall be. The only question is whether you will be true to your dharma or not. Arjuna paused for a moment and then said, Very well. Clearly, Sikandin is the key to our strategy. We should place him at the head of our forces. I will protect him from the other warriors while he proceeds to combat with Bhishma. Having finally let go of his attachments to the illusion of mortal life, Arjun returned to his tent with the joy and lightness of heart that he had not felt in many years. Clearly, the tenth day of fighting would finally bring about the great confrontation. That's all for now. Next time we'll find out if Arjun has finally overcome his delusions and is truly ready to embrace his dharma. Thanks for listening.